0: The Calrissian Chronicles, Chapter
1: 5. He is arrogant, I and mean, he's
0: I don't like it, I don't agree with it, but I accept it. But predictable. You need anything? Equal rights. Just did the castle run in 12 parsecs. something Hey guys, and welcome back to yet another episode of Question, Possible, Answer. As always, I'm Peanut, and as is the new usual, unfortunately unable to be here, is my co-host Tog. Maybe we'll see him soon. We're still working things out. Uh, But I have a wonderful (laughs) guest with me, uh, Ben from, I don't even know if I say the Star Wars Universe or IPC or what it is, but you're here, and thank you.
1: (laughs) <laughs> From all of the above. I'm I'm I've got my hands in a lot of pies these days. Um yeah, Culture Slate, Star Wars Underworld, Intergalactic Peace Coalition, um, also late night with no E, because I did I, you know what? I just couldn't couldn't possibly just hang it up with like, you know, four podcasts. I had to have more. So uh yeah, uh this is great. Th- thank you so much for having me on. And uh yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into what we're gonna talk about. Yes,
0: it's going to be great, and especially since it seems like it took forever for our schedules to meet up, and I know you're very busy because of such, and I'm glad that we were able to finally get
1: some time to do this. Yeah, the the main reason I'm doing this right now is because, normally speaking, I am – okay, full disclosure here for those for those of you who are listening in the future, um, usually I am doing Star Wars Underworld podcast right this second um yeah. but we're not doing it tonight because disney plus day is tomorrow and we're recording our big show then so uh we got tonight so I'm, I'm i was free tonight i'm free on a thursday night for the first time in forever
0: and what's great is i'm still getting you to talk star wars
1: <laughs> I, you know i wouldn't have it any other way really so hell yeah uh
0: so just really quick right off the top uh if you aren't aware, if you somehow found us just browsing your podcast, uh, you can find us over at anchor.fm. You can find our full library of episodes there. Uh, there'll also be links to all of the platforms that you can listen to it on. Uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram, just search question, possible answer. You can find updates to our release schedule there and occasionally some fun behind the scenes footage. Um I think that's about it for the plugs, I'm sure I forgot one, I'll get it in the end. Just a uh, quick insert here uh, in the editing phase, I did forget one plug, Uh, our email, which, not our most important one because you can still reach out on Facebook and Instagram to send us messages, but you can use that email address which is question possible answer at gmail.com, what movies you want us to discuss in this format uh, send us your thoughts on this episode, previous episodes what you liked, what you didn't like what you want to see more of maybe there's a someone that you know that might make a good co-host for an episode, a good guest appearance um, just anything of the sort you know, what you would normally use an email address for I guess I'm kind of rambling here But um, yeah, Um, so this might seem a little misplaced in the episode itself because I'm recording this after the fact and inserting it. But yeah, uh, back to the episode. (laughs) But um, so we kind of teased it a little bit. We're talking Star Wars, but specifically, that's always a fun word to try to say. uh, We are talking Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, Ben, right off the top, I'll just ask you, what were your thoughts, I guess, leading up to the movie? Were you ecstatic because it was another Star Wars movie? Were you unsure if we needed this story? You know, there were all these arguments before the movie came out. Which side were you on?
1: yeah. i was I was kind of all over the place. I was I remember having some very intense podcast discussions leading up to that because I, you know, it was this whole thing about like, well, Han Solo just died in The Force Awakens and like wh- what's the deal with this? Why are they – why do we need this movie? What is this – what is the point of all this? And like, yeah, it's another Star Wars movie. I'm, I'm going to be excited. So like it's, it's hard to – it's hard to steer my brain away from that. My just Star Wars-obsessed brain is always going to be like, more Star Wars! But you know, I want it to be good Star Wars. I want it to be meaningful and like being – doing all this thing and, and doing the – Gargantuan task of recasting Han Solo, this gigantic character, and all this kind of stuff. Like, why are they doing this? Like, and I have to say, coming out of it, I, my opinion was flipped. My opinion was like, I went in going, like, okay, I'm not sure I even want this movie. What's the deal with this? I came out going, like, I want more of this, which shocked me. Um, and I remember, I don't remember my specific opinion, like coming out of the movie, but like, I remembered like having a really interesting perspective on it and going like, okay, I could, I could watch more of these. I understand this movie justified its existence to me. Um, so going forward and, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, I'm disappointed that we didn't get that Han Solo trilogy or whatever they were planning. You know, it really was a bummer that the movie didn't do as well as it could have, because I think it's one of my favorite new Star Wars films, if not one of my favorite Star Wars films altogether.
0: Yeah, it's definitely up there in my favorites list as well. Um, so for me going into it, um, I don't remember ever actually watching a trailer for the movie because I know just here in the past couple of years, I finally started being like, okay, I will look for scoops and spoilers and behind-the-scenes footage before. I used to be one of those, I don't want to see the trailer, I don't want to read about it. I don't know the cast list, maybe, but like I want to go into it blind, you know, get the full experience. And so I went into it just like just knowing uh, it's a movie about Han. I didn't know any of the details, but I just kind of figured, okay, yeah, we'll most likely see a lot of the stuff that we ended up seeing, you know, his build to who he is. And I went into it just like, oh, yeah, sure. And I was like, who's Kira? Like, who's this person? You know, just like, I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I-, I was like, okay, so here's a spin off character. And then I just came out of the movie going, was not expecting that at all. And I loved every minute of it.
1: <laughs> it really was, It w- that was the unexpected part for me was like, not just like, oh, yeah, it's a Han Solo movie, you know. I'm going to see Han Solo. That's going to be interesting. Like the side characters of like having such strong like, from Beckett to, you know, from obviously Kira to even people like you know Dryden Voss. Didn't have a huge role. Like Dryden Voss is my I think he's my favorite Star Wars villain. Like genuinely. Like I loved I love Paul Bettany's performance in that movie. And I think really he there's something about that character that just really does it for me and. So, like, it it was surprising that the supporting cast was so well, so well cast and so well done. And you know, you had just kind of this fray Han Solo movie, and this for this movie that's not jumping around. It's the one Star Wars film that's not like intercutting between different groups of people. It's focused on one person the entire time. But the people around Han are just as compelling.
0: I, I never even realized that, and I just watched this movie last night to take notes catch that holy
1: yeah wow <laughs> i know it blows your mind when you think about it, like wait a minute there's no like every other star wars movie is like okay we're, we're focused on this person this person and it's like Han's. there's no inner cutting, there's no nothing it's just like boom you're focused yeah, he, on han
0: yeah he, he's in every scene if he's not there in the beginning he definitely shows up
1: yeah the closest we get to is like like they there's a like one cut away to like infant's nest and like what infant's nest is doing Um, yeah no we put the tracker on this ship, and that's what they're doing whatever like that's the closest we get
0: which i have a since you brought that up i will jump right to that towards the bottom of my notes the tracker at no point leading up to this at least you know there is no exchange of information for them to know they're gonna go talk to lando lando owns this ship so did they just break in and put trackers on every single ship or, you know, because I feel like there was a plot line missing that they probably oh ended up on the room floor. But it's like, because I saw that and immediately I was like, first off, the first time we see the Millennium Falcon, of course, it's impounded. Because what a piece of junk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's, something... it's,
0: it's not junk yet, but it's with the junk.
1: And that's something that I didn't think about is the fact that, like, how did they know? I, I mean, I didn't see any other ships in there that i mean that obviously the falcon was most prominent but like there was other ships in there like how how did emphasis like know for sure unless they just like overheard them talking I, I guess weasel was in there following them but like weasel had to like get ahead of them and like get down to the ship and like put a tracker on like that's, that's a lot that's a lot I'm, I'm i'm now i'm like okay how did that work what what are you doing there movie you know, I get it. It's a movie. It's You know, it's not, you, you can't take everything literally, but that's uh, fine.
0: But I mean, but, but you have to ask because I oh, mean yeah, you ev- have to. eventually someone's going to use that as their main point for, well, what was wrong with the movie? How did they know which ship to put that tracker on? I just
1: can't get it out of my head.
0: <laughs> you know, it's <just> bugging.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it, it will, it will bug you. It's like, I've got to like, see, that's what I do. It's just like, if I like a movie, I'll just be like, oh, I'm going to make up an answer. And just that's my head canon as to what it is. But then when you can't, it's like, oh god, this is going to drive me nuts.
0: And, and that's the best acceptance to canon is the only canon that matters is the canon that you create for yourself in your head.
1: It Really is. And and tip like if you like listen to like the behind the scenes guys and they're like you know talking about this or that whatever they don't take it that seriously. They'll just be like, yeah, whatever that happened, and they did this and what. One- Whatever, like they—they they don't like. It's not that big a deal. Like fans take it so seriously, and you know, yeah, okay, we we love this stuff. We we love to talk about it, theorize it, whatever. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not necessarily like criticizing anyone for like being too serious about Star Wars because you know I, I I've been talking on a Star Wars podcast for the last ten years. Like who who am I to say? But uh, you know, it is it is funny the different perspectives on like just you know. Just make up an answer. That's that's the answer. I all love right, that. Like we, people like Dave Filoni like won't even give an answer. Be like, what's to deal with this, Dave? And you're like, I'm not going to answer that because. You're right, I, I, I want to say the
0: most he'll he'll say is like, look for you know, watch season seven to see if we answer it or or something. Like I feel like that's the most he'll do. <laughs> it's not, and, and it's not even to find out. It's a to see if we even answer it. Just watch.
1: Yeah, and then you're like, what were you talking about, Dave? And then you, you, you can't go back and ask him, so.
0: But yeah, so uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, don't take Star Wars too seriously. And it's like, I want to say, I don't know if it's a George quote or if it's just something that's always posted, that I see posted with his face. But it's, uh, you know, Star Wars isn't serious, basically. it's doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, uh, I
1: think- yeah, it's something that I think we as fans have to remember. It's just like Star—we take it so serious. We we love it. And Star Wars is serious. It's very serious. You know, it's a serious story, but Star Wars is freaking goofy. It is just freaking insane sometimes. If you just like break it down to the bare bones of like. You know, I is a space wizard and they're going up to blow up a giant tennis ball in the in the sky and then it shoots lasers. And there's a dog in the cockpit like, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Star Wars oh, is, And then it's like, oh, this is, is a future movie. Ridiculous. No, it happened a
0: long, long time ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no, no. We're we're, you know, we're way, way in the past. Like, how does that make sense? Like, it's just love it.
0: So, I want to ask what your thoughts are about the opening of the movie. Because I feel like I would have liked to... I know we already get young, uh, Han at a younger age. But I personally would have liked to have maybe seen him a little bit younger. And get like a little montage of him growing up on Corellia. Maybe see him scheming, plotting, doing his Han thing that he does. And if not that, opening with... Instead of him returning to Lady Proxima... Show us that opening discussion. Let us know if Han is already sneaky Han or if he's honest Han in that first little discussion of being jumped the double cross and all that. Did it really happen or did he, you know, did he try to double cross and it backfire?
1: Well, yeah, it is interesting how one one criticism and, and, you know, fair enough, like. About that, they kind of explain a lot of things in this movie. Like you get the origin of, you know, his name. You get the origin of his blaster. You get, you know, you kind of you get a full forge. Like everything, like that big that that Taun talked about, you know, in the original trilogy, like kind of happens to him in this like one week of time. I get it. it's a bit convenient, but movies are convenient, whatever. So you just, you know either that you're either you're going to buy into that or you're not going to. But they do stop short of like they don't show him as a kid they're showing him as you know an adult um they mention his father but there's no you know other you know explanation about his parents his family whatever he says he's alone you know there is like just kind of a, a hand wave away of like his early life and what he was and uh, however
0: yeah, I that. in that moment that very mm-hmm. short moment where he's talking about his father with Lando you know they're alone I feel like in this movie, that was the truest we ever see Han because he's it's the first time he's not pretending to be somebody. He's just admiring the Falcon. My dad worked on these and it's just a memory rush and he's just communicating freely. It was I don't know. I really enjoyed that small moment.
1: That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's it's a very vulnerable moment for Han. Han. You know him just kind of being real and 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 establishing and 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 establishing that like the his like love affair his the start of his love affair with the Millennium Falcon isn't just like oh cool ship it's like it means something to him um, and you know I just love him just a little bit of like you know it's not beating you over the head with like oh here's his parents it's just like no 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 you know they're in the past something happened who knows you kind of can infer this. And then uh, I love Lando's lying about, oh, you know, I'm not not too hot with my father, but uh, my mom, uh, the greatest woman I've ever known. I'm like, oh, I want to meet your mom, Lando. Like that's 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 something that I want to learn about you.
0: All right, Let, let's bring his parents into the Lando series.
1: <laughs> that's see, that's where it gets good. Like getting a kind of an origin story of Lando. I like, think that's what we need.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, I, something else I would kind of like to see a. Uh... You know, because there's always talks about, you know, oh, we want a solo sequel, we want this, and now they're doing the uh, comics that have Kira as a character involved. I'm not sure the full extent of those, but, you know, so they they are using the characters. Mm-hmm. But what I don't hear anyone asking for is, like, a prequel series, like a Disney Plus show, that could be uh, Han and Kira running around on Corellia, working for Lady Proxima, and just always getting into these shenanigans, you know, and just have like these chases, maybe a pod race. I don't know. Maybe he tries it. We get, maybe we see his friend that he mentions that this was my best friend. He taught me how to do this, but he died doing this move. We could, you know, we, we, we could see that move or something. You know, I, I feel like there's so much potential still, and it doesn't even have to relate to anything in the series. It could just be a fun one off let's have a haunt adventure.
1: Yeah, that that would be kind of getting his even earlier life of, you know, understanding, you know, what they went through because you just get a hint of, you know, what uh, Han and Kira early life is. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty intense. You know, Corellia is I, li- I like the I like the all the. I like when you watch Solo and you kind of go back to Force Awakens, you can see that Han sees a lot of himself in both Finn and Rey, like going back, like the whole scavenger trying to fend for themselves on this planet and then becomes a stormtrooper and all this kind of stuff. He sees a lot. I think, you know, it's a credit to the Kasdan's kind of writing both movies, but uh, I like that continuity and, you know, even anything else to add to that story would be interesting.
0: Now, can can we actually say that he was a stormtrooper? Because at one point he was a pilot, but then he just got sent to infantry. But we never see him in the stormtrooper getup. So was he a stormtrooper?
1: Yeah, it's funny how they, like, the problem with, like, having a character that's a stormtrooper is that you can't hide their face. You don't hire Alden Ehrenreich to portray han solo and mimic harrison ford and then put him under a helmet and then by hey, wear um, this
0: we don't want to see your face for the first half of the movie so
1: they create this like <laughs> mud trooper get up where it's you know he, he's got this big open thing which like i don't know what advantage it has other than just like having a helmet that's more removable um i don't know what advantage it has over you know stormtrooper armor which really doesn't seem to have any advantages at all um so uh, that's that's interesting. <laughs> oh, you know, he is kind of a stormtrooper, but he's a mud trooper, I guess. I think it's I don't I have know. A, I don't think I've heard that terminology before. I like that one. Well, it's I have, mud a, trooper. I have a, somewhere I have a, a stormtrooper. It's just like a literally just a stormtrooper with uh with mud on it. And it's called a mud trooper. <laughs> so, and I'm the idiot that bought it because I could have made it. I already had a stormtrooper, but whatever. It's like, oh, I have two stormtroopers at home. I can just make this one. I could have just thrown this in a mud puddle. I would have had a a mud trooper.
0: <laughs> but uh, so, like I said earlier, you know, I didn't really see any of the trailers leading into it. So, a thought I had this time watching it was, what if it was secretly a Kira movie the whole time, and we don't find out until they're doing the exchange to get, you know, to leave Corellia with the uh, coaxium. And instead of Han getting through the gate, Kira gets through and they grab Han. And Ooh. so we spend the rest of the movie following Kira on her adventure to go and save Han. And it maybe in the process she ends up meeting Dryden Voss or something and it's a part of her contract. Or...
1: You have to kind of like you have to kind of assume that both characters would have followed the same trajectory of like, you know, would like Han stays on Corellia. Kira goes, joins the imperial military. Han gets picked up by Dryden and is. Do you think he would go? That's the thing. It's like, I think Kira has a different perspective on the world or the universe per se. You know, she's like, do whatever it takes, whatever. You know, she's willing to go. I don't know if she really had a choice in regards to like basically becoming a slave to this guy, but then she continues on. And instead of like trying to rebel against him, she's just like, I gotta kill him to get him out of the way so I can be in charge. I think Han would still have the sensibility when it came to like overthrowing Dryden. He'd be like, screw this. I don't want any part of this. Um, and I think, I think, I think it might have ended the same way. Cause think about it. If like Kira goes off and does all this stuff and whatever, but she comes back and she finds Han and they interact and they do the whole Kessel run thing. I think Han's like, I want out of this, but Kira's like, hey, we've got this. I think she would just like. You know, probably just kill Dryden either way, (laughs) and just slide herself (laughs) into that, and we'd be left the same thing. I know that's uninteresting to say it ends the same way, but that's that's what I'm thinking right now. I don't see. I feel like if
0: she would have joined the Imperial Army, I feel like at some point she may have gotten sidetracked because maybe she was getting rapidly promoted and she was getting power. And to me, it seems like that's what she was seeking the whole time because. You know, she played She played both cards. She waited for a moment to strike Dryden and seized his power, gave up on Han. And so I, I, I feel like she would have stayed with the Imperials and may have gotten sidetracked and completely forgotten about Han and that whole thing.
1: I, I think, okay, that's, that's a linchpin in there. I think you're right in the sense that Kira would not – I think she'd like – committed herself to the Imperial Army, she would have been successful at it.
0: And she 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 would would have have been she she would be in the next digital remaster of A New Hope standing (laughs) (laughs) in the Death Star just off in the corner.
1: It's like that. Oh, the Halloween special, the Lego Halloween special, like the whole thing with like Luke goes to the Academy and then Mm -hmm. like you know, he's like really good at it. And then, uh, you know, like Vader notices and whatever. I think that would have been like her trajectory of like, she would have, she wouldn't have gotten like demoted and sent to Minbon. Like she would have like been successful and maybe done what she went there to do. But maybe as you're saying, like get sidetracked and go like, um, you know, go off and maybe become, I don't know, a captain or an admiral or something, and maybe just forgotten all about Han.
0: Right. And I kind of want to take it back and not say forgotten about Han, but just always has it in the back of her mind. Like, Oh yeah, it's at the top of my to-do list, but I, unfortunately this takes precedence. And so she's absentmindedly, you know, foregoing her love commitment and who knows what Han's going through at this point. He could have somehow wound up there as well from a trade from lady Proxima or something and still meet Chewie. And he still gets his whole story somehow.
1: Yeah, it's like I maybe Han would have just got himself like <laughs> thrown out an airlock. Because <laughs> like Dryden would just be like trying to get him to do stuff. And he'd be like, nah, I'm not doing that.
0: Right. I mean, because I, I feel like after that moment, if he would have gone back to Lady Proxima, she was done with him at that point. She was already ready
1: to kill him. Yeah, I think like if. If he had stayed, if he if he didn't like do the whole like, I got a thermal detonator and I'm not afraid to use it like uh, she would. She was going to kill him like she was done with him. Like, I think I think Kira has like negotiation skills like she was she was like stepping in and like, hey, we'll pay this off or whatever. Like Han doesn't care. Han's kind of an idiot if we're being honest. And Kira was the smart one.
0: I feel like Han did his best he could to learn from Kira with negotiation, but he couldn't help but but use his try to use his silver tongue every chance he got.
1: And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Yeah, so, oh man, that's really interesting. I, I like the whole idea of, like, Kira going... I, I like the idea, I'm picturing Kira, like, if it had gone that way, like Kira in the Han Solo outfit... Like with the the sidearm and the the DL forty four and like all that,
0: and just Amelia completely with, changes the series
1: like, and it's no longer Han Solo. It's Kira Solo. And like Shilly. Amelia Clark instead of Harrison Ford, and she's like kicked back. Uh, Hokie religions and ancient weapons ain't no good for a good blaster. Your side kid, like that's great. See,
0: but I feel like Kira. I mean, especially now that she's partnered up with Maul. I mean, I feel like she definitely believes in the Hokey religions
1: she she's not as much of an atheist as as Han is, maybe. (laughs) So so maybe she'd be more a bit more open minded.
0: Which also just reminds me, since you said that, it's like, you know, because he says that and he's sitting right next to Chewbacca, who now we know is friends with Yoda and could have just been like, dude, I've been telling you about this little green guy for years. Why don't you believe me?
1: Yeah, it's like there should be just be like if they did any more like edits to like the movies, there should be just like one close up of Chewie's face just going "huh." Like, yeah, just what? that meme hey, of the sideways you, face. <laughs> like, like you idiot! I told you, I'm friends with Yoda. Come on, like flashback, what?
0: flashback to them sitting. Have Alden be there and just have it be a flashback to those two sitting you know, on the Millennium Falcon at some point during Solo or something.
1: Look, I'm and, friends it, with this frog dude, and he jumped up and he cut two guys' heads off like, with no uh, uh, problem. You're telling me the Force doesn't exist, please. On Solo, is just sitting there like, eh, don't believe it.
0: <laughs> ha- haven't seen it? Don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. It would make for a great parody at some point. I feel like at some point, someone the next parody movie of Star Wars is gonna have a lot of because now that the internet is so much bigger, these a lot of theories are much more discussed in greater circles. I feel like the film holders are going to get a hold of them.
1: Yeah, that's uh, whew, that's that's very interesting, and I, I love the whole <laughs> exploring that dynamic. But so with
0: Han and Chewie, their first meeting is in a pit, and I was immediately reminded of Return of the Jedi in that scene yeah with the rancor except the moment that they show is like because i feel like they tried to do the subtle show the creature from the back and you won't know who it is till you see their face but as soon as the foot stepped in i was like ah chewy
1: <laughs> but it's like, yeah it's yeah it, it's like straight up it's it doesn't keep you guessing for very long no and
0: of course han being han is able to silver tongue his way through a language he has trouble with and he still comes out on top. <laughs> you and I freedom make by secret battle of pretend. And Chewie's like, Okay, I got you. <laughs> He's
1: like, Oh, Yo, you you're you're like speaking my language, like literally speaking my language. I'll I'll I kinda like you. I'm not gonna eat you just yet. But in that short time frame
0: where they're stopping and having that conversation, the two guards overhead don't notice this. And then they get up and they're like, they act like they're in like Tekken or something, waiting for the three, two, one countdown before they're allowed to fight. And it's like, I feel like they'd be up there going, come on, do something. Like they're at the zoo poking the glass or something. Like, quit just standing there, fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just when it was getting good. I, I love, those guys are like so disappointed. And, and then there's no there's no guards around
0: whenever they break out. They were able to make a completely clean run the whole way. I feel like there should have been one sniper or something to be like, hey, the beast, he's escaping with the thing we tried to feed it. This might be dangerous.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> team, teamed up. We're screwed.
0: <laughs> but then also also makes me think of... Uh, uh, So they're in the shower, and Chewie, who's been a prisoner for so long, just decides to go, we're going to do this prison style. Han's just like, can we not take turns in the shower, please? Or can we please take turns in the shower? (laughs) Chewie's just like, dude, I just got out of the big house. This is how we do things in there. (laughs) Han's just like, And I guess that's the night that they became friends
1: yeah, they got they got intimate. They got intimate. Yeah. Like they,
0: they, for real. They went, they went from fighting to showering together that night. That's bromance right there.
1: <laughs> That's one of the best scenes. That's genuinely one of the best scenes I've
0: <laughs> It really is. And then uh so the only real thing with this movie that I can like draw something on to be like, that shouldn't work is The grav boots on the train, like, yeah, they should work, but they shouldn't work like they do because when that train goes sideways, they, yeah, their feet should still be attached, but they should be like slumped over unless they've got some serious upper body strength and lower body strength to keep themselves rigid. And then when they go to take a step, that leg should also go to fall.
1: The oh, okay. Here is here's is my rebuttal to this. Here's my here's my headcannon explanation. You're talking about head okay. cannon here. Um, my my f- feeling of that is like they're big, like they're really big, like that whole suit is really big. I'm thinking it can't just be a uh it can't just be like the boots. It has to be like it has to be like in some kind of exoskeleton, like it has to be like supporting their body, because like you're right, like they would just like lean over like they wouldn't stay in that position. And like when you like pick your foot up, like that would put all your tension on that one foot. <laughs> right. Unless there's like there has to be like some other kind of either some kind of like repulsor lift technology where it's like keeping them upright. or It's like a really cool effect, but it's doesn't things. And again, it's like Star Wars is like, oh, sound in space. Like it's it looks really cool, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right, but
0: at the same time I'm just like, like it it doesn't Escape it from me at all It was just one of those things I saw it and I was like Make a note of that because Questionable And Oh, I gotta jump back to this one real quick Sorry Uh, So there's, I'm not sure if you've heard this theory But so in Solo Whenever he's signing up For the Imperial Navy um, We hear the Imperial March But it's in a different Octave. It's a little bit higher pitch, a little bit friendlier. Um, So there was this theory. I don't remember the exacts of it, but so whenever we hear it in A New Hope, we're hearing it how Vader would sing it to himself because he (laughs) wants it to be more dark and menacing. So every time we hear it in A New Hope and the the trilogy, because it's darker, it's Vader thinking it and like that. You know, that's the dark guys being like, yeah, you know. And then, but then from the other side at the recruitment station, it's all happy go lucky.
1: Like, no, come join us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny to, and it's, it's kind of a parallel to this because there is is something that that blew my mind recently. If you if you're familiar with uh, David W. Collins and his his soundtrack show, I went to one of his panels at Celebration. He broke down the music of the Phantom Menace. And if you listen to the end of the Phantom Menace, specifically the whole parade sequence, and it's this really cheery, upbeat song. If you break it down, oh, you slow that sound I down. I think I
0: heard this, yes.
1: It's it's the Emperor's theme. It is Palpatine's theme. It's the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, that theme. It's just jazzed up. Like, this is basically the same <laughs> thing. And, you know, it's like... Oh, it's like this is the cheery, happy version. But then, like when Palpatine's alone and he's fa- he's feeling dark, that's the he gets into the real dark version. But I, that's you know, the I, version
0: I, he submitted, and they said no, we're gonna just make a couple of uh, professional changes.
1: <laughs> but I I love that whole thing. I know some people don't like it, but I look, I don't care. All right, I love the fact it, it's such a it's such a Star Warsy thing and such a just a real world thing of like sometimes things between like you know the whole thing with like perspectives and like sometimes things can be cheery but it's actually it's actually really sinister and like it depends on your point of view and it's like oh they, they can turn this really like most recognizably menacing film score of all time and turning it into this something that's in-universe can be like, oh, join the Empire. Be a part of something. Like, I love that whole thing doing it. And again, with,
0: you know, the whole thing. I think
1: it's, I think, obviously, that's supposed to be diegetic. You can hear, like, the characters can hear it. I think the, the parade music is also. So, like, those two songs are canon, all right?
0: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. The music is definitely canon. I, I just hope all the songs are canon. Hell yeah. Uh, oh, I, I have in here listed, rest in peace Rio, the Ardenian. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like I feel like he didn't have to die. The only reason they killed him was because they knew they didn't need the pilot going forward, and they didn't want to spend the money to have a whole scene for him to be like, oh, the job failed. I'm going back to Ardenia to enjoy... Uh, I don't remember what whatever roast he was talking about earlier. Runt,
1: I, no, it's uh, Minox Minox roast. Yeah,
0: that's what it is. Is it so? Because I, I feel like that would have been just a, an even better ending. Because I mean, we already lost. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting her name in that same scene.
1: Um, Val.
0: Val, yes. So I mean, did so we lose two crew members in one fight, which to me seems almost like a first in Star Wars to lose multiple heroes in one scene i mean not including attack of the clones whenever a lot of jedi are killed on geonosis
1: yeah it's uh you know to set up that as like oh these are main characters these are gonna be like your buddies for the next little while and then they're they're dead very well like ignoring ignoring the whole the whole like controversy around Val and yeah I agree she they, they killed her off way too soon. um I think she should have stuck around I, I would love to see thing I understand like thematically in the movie, it's all about like hey, we need to kind of we need to shed some of the fat and get down to business and have Han be more of a focus and uh but uh still unfortunate that we had to lose Rio.
0: Right. I, I feel like it would have been cool if they kept Rio around because in Jedi Fallen Order, they have an Ardenian as the pilot of that ship as well. Yeah. So I feel like it would have been really cool if they kept Rio alive and like had him go back to Ardenia and then maybe off screen somehow he meets up with that crew or something and becomes the pilot for that ship. And it's a fun little Easter egg, but alas, it's not.
1: Yeah, I I like that whole... I just like his species. is really cool.
0: Yeah, I
1: mean, they, they really,
0: it really does seem like they would make the best pilots just jumping around the cockpit, hitting switches.
1: Yeah. to having like literally like a, a monkey as a, like a, a star Wars character, like the advantage of that. And especially being a pilot, like just makes total sense.
0: Yeah. And then also major appreciation to Beckett. Like sure. He's a bad guy, but he's a great team leader. I mean, you can, he knows his team inside and out whenever he talks to Rio and he's like, are you okay? he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Immediately. He knows he's not okay. Uh, he's talking to Val or, you know, he, he knows them all. And just like a good leader would. And even with such a short time with Han, he figures Han out. The only person he doesn't really figure out is
1: Chewie. Yeah. I, I Beckett. I mean, it's, it's, it's a credit to, uh, to good old uh woody harrelson like just how great that character is um and totally makes sense in the context of like you know understanding why han is the way he is you know and and this whole cynical side and and because you you have to kind of like it had to be kind of the inverse of like a new hope of like you can't you couldn't just start with like you know this grizzled i don't know you know this this type of uh you know this this Han that, that wasn't very likable. You had to make start with kind of an idealistic Han that just gets completely driven down by someone like Beckett, who uh, right. is uh you know just sees the world very cynically, very just like yeah, I don't care about anybody or anything.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, because like with a New Hope, we start with I have a bad feeling about this Han, but in Solo, we get. I have a great feeling about this. So we get to see he hasn't quite plunged into that negative mindset that I will not even call it a negative mindset, but just a more, he realizes later on that he's not as smooth as he thinks he is, but he's still going to try.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I like that whole thing. I like, I love kind of Beckett's just, being this kind of just an, an a-hole throughout the whole movie. Um, just doesn't care about anybody. Um, great.
0: All right, and it's, hey, that's dry, uh, Beckett. That's who you're going to learn it from. But also with Beckett because it also tied, tie into the original trilogy even more because in the original trilogy we have the reference of yeah, uh, have you ever seen a Wookiee pull an arms off because it lost or something like that, the whole... <laughs> Let, let let the Wookiee win. Right. Well, in this scene, Beckett and Chewie are playing, and Beckett wins, and Chewie flips out. The first time I saw that scene, I thought for sure we were about to get the reference to exactly what Han was talking about. <laughs> and it would have fit because in Star Wars, it is normal for characters to lose an arm.
1: Yeah, that I love in that scene, I love, like, because, like, you know, Chewie's presented always as kind of this loving character, you know, he's very tender and all this kind of stuff, but, like, he does have a temper, Um, and I love that. I think they actually, like, went back and, like, got some of the original, like, there were supposed to be, like, more figures on the art board. But then like they cut him in a new hope. And so like they went back and like put Mm -hmm. him in the thing. And like when he hits the board, like they disappear because he glitzed the board and like, that's like Canon that like Chewie broke the board and you can't have those characters anymore. Right. But also with that scene,
0: it brings into question because I saw something else, you know, if whenever they turn off the board, if you grab that last frame of the creatures or whatever of them being there on the board, and you go to a new hope whenever Artu uh, is playing against him. In that scene, the creatures start in that same position; their same spaces on the board. I haven't gone back to actually verify that, but I saw something, and it looks real close. So, to me, that just makes me wonder: has no one played this game in what twenty-five years? <laughs> however, how, however long it's been, like like they know it's there chewy wants to play it apparently but it looks like it's the
1: same game technically <laughs> I love I love like the continuity within the movies is like they play it on screen but then like if there's like 30 years past no one's played it
0: <laughs> right they're, they're like we got to make sure it's the same it's like I understand making the creature go away because it, it glitched and obviously they don't take very good care of that ship. I mean, the first time he flies it, he makes it look like what we know and love. But <laughs> there's definitely minimal upkeep done. So I doubt they would fix any of the wiring on that machine.
1: Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I love I love the whole, it's just like, yeah, we're just going to create this. Like, oh, wait, someone like this, this. ship's been stolen like 10 times since you had it last and no one's played the game.
0: And then I don't think we ever see it turned on again. Wait, no, uh, no, sorry. What I was thinking of was, no, sorry, I got it mixed match. It's whenever Finn turns it on, I think, in the sequel trilogy. He turns it on and it picks up from the last scene of that it was on in A New Hope. That That's what that right. was. That's what right. Was. <laughs> there, there, there's so much usage of this small board game throughout the whole saga, I can't keep track of it.
1: Yeah, and then they're like, I love rise skywalker they're like playing in like they can't beat Chewie because he's been he's like the, the, the one person that's been playing it this whole time and like and, and, like, and no, i'm i'm
0: sure go. r2 inscribed a note or something let the wookiee win <laughs> I love it. uh so something else i thought of because you know i, I love the surprises whenever uh, Beckett is talking about our employer this, our employer that, before they mentioned Dryden Voss. That whole time, I was thinking they were working for Job of the Hutt because it seemed like the way they were gonna tie him into that crime family. And I'm so glad they didn't do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but, like at first, like watching it, I was like, oh cool, we're we're gonna get to see like a post-phantom, pre-New Hope jabba maybe he's you know what's his involvement like because we've had the clone wars at this point and and instead we just get this whole awesome group of people in the form of uh, crimson dawn
1: right yeah they could have that's the thing that i appreciate about solo is that yeah it went the predictable route with like stuff like the Kessel run whatever you know getting that but like then it 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 thought outside the box with certain things. Like it could have easily been like, oh yeah, Han is a smuggler guy. And then he goes and he goes, meets up with Beckett. And then they get a job from Jabba the Hutt and they got to do the Kessel run or whatever. Like it could have been that just paint by numbers plot of what exactly you expect. Um, But it's not, it's, it's bringing in Crimson Dawn, putting in the now, I mean, what, what better, like, you know, how how much better can it be now that we have Crimson Dawn introduced and now all this stuff's happening? We've had them show up in Clone Wars and the comics and all this kind of stuff and really interesting crime family. That I'm more interested. I've, i I kind of know what Jabba the Hutt's deal is. I don't know what Crimson Dawn's all about, so like I'm interested in that.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I was really looking forward though to the sequel of hopefully getting to see Solo's first meeting of Jabba, and maybe him being a little freaked out by him or something, but like, whoa, giant slug in the room, okay. <laughs> Just him being completely, like, not knowing what else is out there, because he was stuck on Corellia for so long. And mean like, didn't know slugs ex- existed, okay, I'll work for him. Not realizing he's going to end
1: up frozen on his wall. <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting to see, like, Han in Jabba's palace, like not frozen in carbonite, like that's that should be interesting.
0: Like I, I don't want much, but show me him accepting the job that gets him in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to see him running from the Imperials or all or dumping cargo, so he claims. Because now after Solo, I'm not so sure that he did dump cargo
1: and run. I'm thinking he just gave it away. Maybe it's, that's possible, but again, they didn't. Uh... They didn't explain that. they could have done that route of like, yeah, let's explain why. And I, you know, yeah, maybe that would have been the thing that would have happened, you know in solo 3 if that had happened if they had completed the trilogy of like we would get the the end of that and the explanation of like, yeah, he dumped his cargo, or he did something really stupid and 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 got in got in the bad with uh job a lot but they didn't do it in the first movie so you know gotta give him credit for not getting every single reference
0: right I mean we also didn't see Chewie get his bowcaster so
1: yeah there's actually there's actually a bit of like weird continuity with like Chewbacca if you think about it because like in in Revenge of the Sith and Clone Wars he has like his regular bandolier and oh, I think yeah. Revenge of the Sith, he has maybe his bowcaster. Then you get to him in Solo. He has a different bandolier and doesn't have his bowcaster. So, and then he has it again. He has exact same stuff in <laughs> New Hope all the way through <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Like, and, like, he changes his clothes for one movie. <laughs> like, what's the deal with that? I'm just
0: going to assume that they kept it in, like, the prisoner chest or something in a different room. And in the sequel, one of the main plots was going to be, we got to go, Chewie says we have to go back. We have to go back. He says he left something to eat. We have to go back.
1: And like maybe maybe the, the next plot of like the next two solo movies with like Chewie trying to get revenge on that one Imperial that took his stuff. And like, you know, that's his whole thing. He's like, he's got my bowcaster and my thing I gotta get him
0: they pull a Guardians of the Galaxy and he just happens to walk past the trooper and he's sitting there wearing it and has the book and he's like look at me and he's like hey that's mine
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it oh, oh my gosh yeah D- D- Chewie okay Chewie in this movie just really quick really sidebar here I love what they do with Chewie here I love that he's he's more of a main character in this He he actually like like the one little scene at the campfire, you know, where he's, uh, you know, he gets to explain how, you know, and Ch- Han translates for him how, like, yeah, Wookies well, were taken off Ch- Kashyyyk. He's looking for his family, all this kind of stuff, and some some really good stuff that, like, you know, gives Chewie a little more thinking. Chewie so much is is either kind of off to the side, or he's, you know, a uh, a plot device. And, uh, you know, like, oh, my God, they killed him. But no, they didn't. Like, you know, that's that's a lot of what you is. Um, but uh, I'm glad Solo, like gives him an actual like character development.
0: I, I mean, they gave us the character development and I feel like they gave us so many good takeaways from the from just this one movie. And you just mentioned one of them with uh, it was. He was, I'm looking for my, and Han goes to translate, he's like, I don't know if he said tribe or family, and Beckett's like, what's the difference? I love that. There's that line, and then uh, one with L3, the droid we didn't know we needed until we got it, (laughs) Uh, there's a couple of lines with uh, her, Uh, there's one with Lando getting up, and he's like, you need anything? And she responds with, equal rights. (laughs) (laughs)
1: i love it i love it
0: and then uh where's i have another oh and then uh another one she's like i don't like it i don't agree with it but i accept it
1: oh i love it
0: and that's one that all star wars fans need to take to heart
1: that that is like the most genuine quote of all time just like yeah i don't like it i don't agree with it but i accept it
0: i mean because what else are you going to do sit there and complain on a
1: thread (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You, you just, you know, you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it, but you kind of accept it.
0: And then yeah. also, it's, since we're on L3 now, kind of, uh, it makes me wonder, you know, how much would the series have been different? Obviously, the Millennium Falcon, they would have just retconned its fantastic navigational skill in some other way. But it's like, what if L3 never got hurt to the point where she had to be incorporated into the ship?
1: That is really interesting.
0: Because um, this ship just gets better and better because of small things that kind of just randomly happen.
1: Right. I mean and they hold the set up like, "Oh, she's got the the best damn navigational, you know, computer in the in the sector or whatever." Um and you know, that sets up to the Falcon having that. Um do kind of feel sorry for L3, you know. Uh she it's all about that equal rights, and uh, she didn't get none. <laughs> I mean, but at least in her final acts, she started a revolution, and she 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 went out
0: happy. That that's the big thing. She went out doing what she wanted to do, freeing droids.
1: I still, I I'm I'm still just a tiny bit disappointed we didn't get a a reference or something to L three and uh and the Rise of Skywalker. It would've been would've or, been good. I mean, but at that point, it's. I feel like the only
0: character that would know anything about it is Chewie. And maybe he doesn't fully understand what happened or I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, who knows?
0: But then something I noticed uh, in the final scene when they're in the Falcon getting ready to leave. Uh, if you, you know, whenever L3 is plugging into the hyperdrive and setting up coordinates, she has to like shake her head, tap her head. And then she's like, ready. And the final scene... Han's putting in coordinates and he reaches over to the Navi computer screen and he starts tapping it a little bit. Just like L3 would have to do before, while she was preparing to make the jump to light space.
1: Oh yeah. Which I makes me get...
0: wonder, did he just slowly forget to do that over time? And that's why the Falcon has some of the problems that it has in the future series. Yeah. <laughs> I that's interesting. Wow. That, that's my head cannon on that one. He, <laughs> he, 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 he just forgot. He's like, I don't know why I was doing it It the screen. Wasn't blipping. I just kind of, and, and, and now we can't do what we used to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm game for that. Honestly, I love the head cannoning, and I also love going, go, let's just, let's just, uh, let's just pretend these head cans are for real here go a little bit further i love the idea of uh i think it actually might be canon i think they might have actually done it in the from a certain point of view book whatever it's still a good theory about the fact that uh in uh the the falcon suggests the lando system in the empire strikes back oh that that it's actually l3 kind of like manipulating situation like hey over here bespin Like, hey, I want to make sure he hasn't forgotten about
0: me, which also shows Lando's deep appreciation for the Falcon because he has that attachment to L3. I feel like he would never let that attachment go. Exactly.
1: Wow, I didn't even think about that one. (laughs) Uh, I love finding someone who hasn't heard about that one because I'm like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It blows your mind every time you first time you think about it.
0: Right, like, like, I've heard of the one of Han being like, no, Professor, I need you to hook into the Falcon and talk to her and figure out what's wrong. And then him being like, oh, it's such an odd dialect. Like, like, like I've heard that one because I feel like, you know, that was where it kind of spawned the whole, hey, let's put her in this. But, yeah, I hadn't heard the, her being like, take me to see Lando. <laughs> so good. So in Solo we get our first live action introduction to the card game of Sabak. Yeah. We see we see it a couple of times. Now, you and I have actually played Sabak together.
1: Yes, we have.
0: <laughs> Nowhere near the skill of these players because it's simple but hard at the same time. It's it's so weird. It, it's a math game. <laughs>
1: It really is. It surprised me like how fun it is and uh, how complicated, but also not that complicated. Very interesting.
0: It's not complicated until you get one of those cards that's got a design on it, and then you have to pause the game to look and figure out what that card means.
1: <laughs> how much does this work? How many do I have? I've got like six negative and five positive positive. What? Okay. It's just a bit confusing.
0: Right, but so for the listeners that aren't aware, sabak is basically a game of closest to zero wins, and there are certain combinations of cards that trump that. If you have like, I, I want to say I couldn't find my rules. I was trying to find them beforehand, but I want to say it's like if you have two reds of the same denomination and two greens of the same denomination, then that beats getting zero a different way. And so like they, it's all like. Uh, It's all like uh, poker and stuff, where there's different levels of winning. And it's not just a matter of, I've got a five, I've got a three. You can have, like, six people with a zero. But one of them has a closer version of what they call pure sabacc. Mm -hmm. Which, the whole thing that made me want to get sabacc and play it was I was trying to figure out, because there's the first time that they play, he mentions... There's no way he could have had that hand. That card was already played. And I was like, well, hold on. Aren't there multiple cards in a deck? A deck of Sabak only has two versions of that card. And um, if I remember properly, they did show earlier in the sequence that one of them had been played. And if I remember properly in that scene, Han has the other one in his hand. So he's like, there's no way he could have had that card. I had it. And that, that's and so I had to get I had to get the deck just to be like, all right, let's figure this out. Let's try to recreate that scene. And I was like, oh, it's,
1: it's amazing when like you try to like find a flaw. you're like, oh, I'm gonna catch him. I'm gonna catch him. Like surely, they didn't catch this. Surely they wouldn't, like, have all the rules and they wouldn't have got it right for the movie. Oh, they did! Oh, like, it's actually for real. Like, you can play the game in real life and it's the same as in in the movie. It's great. Yeah.
0: The only thing that I don't ever see in the movie is the dice roll. Because, you know, after every series of everyone makes their turn, do you want to draw a card, trade a card, or... Stand. I believe that's how it goes. It's been a while. I think the last time I played was with you, actually. (laughs) So it's been a while. Wow. But uh, so after every turn, like after one full cycle around the table, you there's dice that come with it, and you roll them. And if it comes up doubles of whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If it's doubles, everyone discards their cards and redraws the same number.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And, and you do that three times, and then it ends. So it makes me wonder how much of a skill-based game can it really be if you throw in that random dice roll at the end of every cycle?
1: Interesting.
0: Especially, that you know, they're willing to bet ships on it, and they could be, like, turn two and be like, yeah, I've got a great hand, and be like, oh, well, look at that. You have to discard and redraw, and you don't get an option on doing anything because that was the final turn. So it's like... It was skill I was winning and now I've got 23. <laughs> <laughs> I went from top of the board to bottom of the barrel.
1: That's cool. That's really cool. Okay, so I, that's whew, it's very deep, very deep. <laughs> I I
0: I think that was the section I prepared most for. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's so good. But, yeah, I wanna
0: play I wanna play that game again. It's fun. So how long do you think it would take for you to be able to play Sabak at that level? Oh god, years.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, I like it would take like some intense training. Um it it, it kind of begs the question, like where is where has Han been like? I guess it's just like I don't know, is it like commonplace in the Star Wars Galaxy? It's just like go fish or whatever, like everybody just plays I Um, think so, because we see it
0: again in season two of Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He goes whenever he goes back to Tatooine and uh, I don't remember her name, but she's got the pit droids. She's sitting there playing Sabacc with the pit droids, except she's got her cards face. She's got the cards face the other way so you can see what she has.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: But because I was uh, recently, well, I say recently, it's been a while now, but I was doing a rewatch of season two. And I think this was right after I'd gotten Sabak, actually. And I was just rewatching season two. And I was like, wait a minute, rewind, pause, look at this. I was like, yeah, that's Sabak. But it wasn't the normal Sabak, like, uh, because you know, like how bicycle cards have like red, blue, black as like the back of the card. And she had a special Sabak. Design, I guess, on her cards, which I thought was kind of
1: cool. That's interesting. Wow. It's really cool.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good little one. So, what if Crimson Dawn won in the end? Ooh. Ooh be it Han choosing to follow through with that plan of we're going to trade the coaxium or whatever and pull a sly one or just for whatever reason they show up and they actually they win they just kill this Nest what repercussions do you think that would have for the future
1: well yeah because like if cuz like this sets up a lot and like it it really I don't know. You kind of have to figure in like Han is the big linchpin here. Like Han is very, like he's kind of the the he's the the person that kind of makes everything happen in in A New Hope. Um, if Ben and Luke got a different ride, like how would that have been different? Um, if if Crimson Dawn wins and they capture or kill han you know how does that change the trajectory of star wars universe and you know and you know what happens to kira and all that kind of stuff because dryden was not happy with her (laughs) and in nest obviously has a part to play in the rebellion and we we, she could have a important role in the future too we don't know about so like you know that's a whole can of worms there that like you could really draw a lot of and the strings out of that are like, okay, this this really could like affect things.
0: And who knows, in one day's time, we could have answers to some of these questions. Damn it, you're right! <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 like I've just been kind of thinking, it's like it's so weird doing like a discuss. I, I understand why you guys held off on a day of doing your show, and we're not even discussing Disney Plus Day here. And it's just like, wow, they could.
1: Yeah, we're just gonna have to like. I, I hope like they're gonna announce like Solo Two tomorrow. I just know it. And this, this episode, uh, I'll, I'll be calling be... you back for edits. <laughs> we'll just do like a follow up discussion. Like, oh, okay, we were wrong about that. Um, Hopefully, most of this will be semi timeless discussion um but yeah know that we are we are this is pre Disney plus day 2021 so if we sound stupid um we're not we're just ignorant of the future
0: and and by the time this one comes out Disney plus day will probably have been a couple of weeks ago <laughs> but <laughs> so so it, it'll be old news by then on internet terms unless there was just something amazing Ugh, like like give me a full obi wan trailer please i
1: <laughs> love it I
0: um so and also at the end we only ever see everyone dying and I don't even know what you would call that his meeting room his like I don't know it's just where his office I guess Dryden boss's office there on the ship and I feel like there's multiple levels to that ship because they're a part of the party and then like hey let's go over here and talk So are they leaving a building and going to the ship? Because if not, I feel like there's a lot of party goers very confused at the end. (laughs) Why? Why are we going to Dathomir? I don't want to go to Dathomir.
1: (laughs) I think I think we're meant to believe is that like they like it's like a cruise ship and like they just stop and then like we'll just get on and they just have a party and then. I don't know. Maybe they're aware of what's going on. Maybe they're not. I, it seemed like towards the end, like the ship was kind of deserted. Um, so, you know, I don't know if anybody was still on board, but like, I have a feeling they're just like along for the ride. They're just like, whatever. We're partying. We're drunk. We don't care. Go to Dathomir. Uh, okay. Whatever. Party on let's, Dathomir, go. let's go. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been there before. That sounds interesting. Next stop.
0: That that would be fun to see, just a bunch of people getting to Dathomir and walking out, being like, "Whoa, I thought you said Dagaba. This is completely
1: different." This is <laughs> not. This was not on the schedule, guys. This is not a. I don't. I don't have any excursions planned here. Oh, this is not on the itinerary.
0: <laughs> I want to jump back to one thing with Chewy real quick. Also, he's that de- they're. At this point, trying to steal the coaxium from the uh, ship. Uh, their bow has blown the, the uh, bridge at this point, and Chewie's down there trying to pull the coupler. I feel like if it wasn't for Chewie, if he'd managed to pull it three, four seconds earlier, they would have gotten away with the coaxium, and they would have won.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: I, I don't know, just something that's like, come on, Chewie, pull the lever. Pull that lever. Come on, Chewie. <laughs> so it's all Chewie's fault. Yeah, it is. Of course it
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chewie.
0: We, we give him so much to do, but we're, we're going to blame him for one simple task. Yeah, of course. Of course.
1: He couldn't get the dang coupler. He's the only person who could do it, and he didn't do it right. Dang it.
0: Um, so do you have any fun thoughts, theories, etc. for this movie that we haven't touched on already?
1: Mm, it is. I mean, it's 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 a wild movie. And like I said, it's it's one of my favorites. Um, and we've covered a lot, like a lot more. Like I didn't I didn't really prepare for this at all. <laughs> full disclosure. So like, you know, this was this was this was fun. Um, just kind of riffing, but you know, it is, it's, it's a whole thing, and you know, it does. It's, it's hard to kind of like, you know, kind of go over like the what ifs and like what if this happened whenever, because it's the lowest stakes Star Wars movie. It's not about the galaxy, you know, about to go up in flames or a super weapon about to destroy all the planets. It's just like, okay. Um, we gotta go make some money. And if we don't do this one thing that angry dude's gonna kill us, like that's the plot of solo. Like it's just like we gotta go steal this, we gotta go steal this gas, and we gotta go steal this nos from these other dudes and these, you know, on this you know hellhole planet Kessel, and then make this run and then not not die and not not make the angry dude even more angry. So like I, I love that.
0: I mean, uh, we, we we don't get a super, uh, death star planet blower upper gun, but we do get a giant death star in a sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we still get our star of death. It's just not what we're used to
1: seeing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, I love the, uh, I love the development of the Millennium Falcon, you know, just absolutely just destroying it. And, uh. You know, setting up that, you know, because you see they're like, oh, how does it get from being so clean to where it is now? And, and, OK, makes sense. You watch this movie. It's all in there. Which does this mean
0: that the Falcon that we see, I believe, in Attack of the Clones, it has a cameo. Yes, this, it does. does this mean it's a different Falcon? Because that happens prior to this. And the Falcon, as we see it in Solo, is definitely not in that condition.
1: Yeah, I think we're led to believe, because I think it's called Stellar Envoy at the time, and, like, George Lucas says Millennium Falcon is in Revenge of the Sith, so you can't change that. That's canon. It came out of okay. George's mouth. So, but what I'm curious about is, like, I guess we're supposed to believe that, like, it was owned by somebody, like, Lando owned it at the time, but Lando acquired it sometime after, and he, like, I think Han does say, like, oh, yeah, you had some work done, and, like, yo, he put a, a skate pod in the mandible notch and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's kind of implied that, like, Lando got it. He just, like, sunk a bunch of money into it and just, like, really souped it up.
0: Which, that was a line that I missed the first time, which had me questioning everything I thought I knew about the Falcon, was Lando putting the escape pod in the mandible. I thought yeah. I thought he had purchased it like that, and I was like, hold on. I thought the Millennium Falcon was supposed to be like a, a freighter mover, like a, a dock ship, basically. And I'd missed that whole conversation that they had that first time about, oh yeah, my dad worked on the docks with these and all that, and basically confirmed that it was... A, a, a work vessel, basically.
1: Right. Yeah, so... And, like, clearly you watch a... The, you know, Friends of Sith, and that that escape pod's not there. So, like, something's going on there. Something something else. So, uh, clearly, it was a later edition.
0: But that also makes me wonder, how do they access the escape pod? Because, I mean, I, I've never seen... I mean, I haven't been on very many virtual walkthroughs of the Falcon or anything, but I feel like at some point you've got to see that door, and I, I don't know what would be there, because I, I want to say, canonically, there's normally a giant freighter box there, so you really wouldn't have a need <laughs> for a window. But if you put in an escape pod, you're going to put in a door. <laughs> uh, that's just my brain going off the rails at that point.
1: It is. It is weird that you don't see. Like, how do you get out to all that? What's What's going on there? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, because uh there's no real. I'm. I'm actually watching the movie right now. Like, there's no like door or anything over there. But I think it's supposed to be like storage out that thing. I have the. I have the the visual dictionary <laughs> and the incredible cross sections. I have studied very much, and uh, there's supposed to be like uh, you know. Docking stuff and whatever else. Um, of course, that was made long before this movie was even thought of. So, uh, yeah, who knows All how right. canon that is. I mean, that just means they have that much
0: more information to go off of. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I guess we'll jump into uh, final thoughts on Solo. And I guess if it's the version you would have. If, I guess we'll just go with final thoughts. I was trying to think of something fun to. I can't right now.
1: (laughs) I understand. I understand. Um, Like I said off the top, I really ended up enjoying this movie. It's got one of my favorite soundtracks of any Star Wars movie. It's really fun in the sense that if I'm just – if I just want to chill and watch a Star Wars movie, I I might reach for Solo. Like there's a good chance of it. Just a fun – You know, it's it's not the beginning or the end of any trilogy or whatever. I think it's amazing how like we got this grand sequel trilogy and I and for the most part, I enjoyed it. But, uh, you know, the Rogue One and Solo, these spinoff movies really did kind of to me kind of stand out as some of the some of the strongest stuff we've gotten in recent memory. I think Solo gets a bad rap sometimes and I don't think it deserves it. I think it deserves a lot of credit for doing some really interesting things and. You know, overall, telling a interesting story, doing a story that, like, well, no one asks for this. Well, who who asks for any of this? We didn't ask for Star Wars in 1977, but we got it. You know, maybe maybe this is a lesson that you know, some of the best things in life aren't asked for; they just happen. And uh, you know, the the storytellers had something in mind. They did it, and here we are. And I appreciate what they did here. I appreciate what Solo was trying to do, and it was an experiment, and they were trying to do some more stuff with it, and I wish they could do more of it. I can't believe I'm saying that because I didn't really want a Solo <laughs> movie to begin with, and here we are. Now I am bummed that we didn't get a Solo trilogy. So uh, that's that's where I stand on Solo. I really love this movie, and I'm going to have to watch it again after doing this podcast.
0: You're welcome. Uh, final question. If you had to choose two Star Wars movies to show somebody, only two, they have never Mm. seen the saga, and it can't make sense to them in the end, what two movies do you show them? Oh, it
1: can't make
0: sense. You want them to be a little bit confused by it all.
1: (laughs) I would show them this one. I would show them solo, definitely. Like, solo is like pretty straightforward. And then, like, you get to the end, it's like, Darth Maul, what? what's going on here? Like you, you're left with question. You're a little bit confused. Um, and then, um, I think I would probably go with. Probably. It's a toss up It's the toss up between, I want to say rise of Skywalker. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy and, and poke fun at that movie, but that the movie is a lot. Um, I will go past Rise of Skywalker and I will say, um, I'll say Attack of the Clones, maybe. Okay. It's the middle of a trilogy and it's, it's got a lot going on and they're going to be left with some questions maybe.
0: So we share one movie that's the same. I would start with Solo, but mainly because the title is Solo, a Star Mm -hmm. Wars story. So they go into this franchise thinking it's all about Han. This movie is all about Han. It's all of that. We get these characters. And then you're never going to see most of them again. And then I show you The Last Jedi. (laughs) Which has Luke, this character that you do not know because you haven't seen his movies. He shows up and he's asking, where's Han? What happened to Han? And the audience would just be like, yes, where is my boy Han? Oh, yeah, sorry. We forgot to tell you it's not his movie
1: that is because han is talking about so much in last jedi and he's not that's, there so, so you, not make there, think, like...
0: <laughs> you make them think it's this you know the movie it the series is about han because the first one is solo a star Wars, it's, it, to me it just works perfectly
1: that okay that's great because like they're they don't like specifically answer it like oh they do okay you have like Ray going like, why did you kill your father? And that opens up like more She's like, wait, he had a kid. Wait, you, like, he like he went and had a kid, and like, where is Kira? Like, she had he had right. a kid with this other woman that we don't know, Leia, which, and and she he killed her? I'm like, what's the deal here?
0: What well, which we see the dice in Jedi also, don't we? Or is it revenge that we see him or return no,
1: the the continuity with the dice? It really only exists between um solo and last jedi
0: okay yeah so that would work out even more because they would see maybe they would see leia and be like is that kira why are
1: they calling her leia it's amazing (laughs) how like solo and last jedi like totally interface really well because they were made about the same time and like there's some little things that work out right but like if you watch them just like completely on their own and you don't know (laughs) anything about star wars it's so confusing yeah (laughs) that's
0: great (laughs) And uh, that's where we're going to end it for this episode of Question, Possible, Answer. Uh, ben, where can everyone find you at?
1: Well, they can find me personally at Ben Hart with no E, just how it sounds. Um, they can also follow me at the sw for all star wars stuff um they can follow me at ibc podcast for my other podcast ipc um and i also do some other stuff i do stuff with at culture slate and there's like a thousand different uh um handles associated with that because i run social media for that it's a whole other thing um so yeah you, you've you probably you probably see my posts all the time you just don't know it because it's it's not me because i'm i'm, I'm behind so many things and exidious and all but yeah um and now yeah, i'm wondering how many of fun. your posts i've liked
0: and i haven't realized it
1: <laughs> yeah because uh yeah i'm i'm i had a lot of viral ones today um because we had the kenobi trailer and uh yeah and then uh, oh what
0: was was it the tra- i thought it was just a uh i thought it was like a bts clip or something
1: sizzle reel Okay, I, I, I just saw I, I just saw
0: some screenshots from it, and I was like, I have to watch that later, and I completely forgot about it until you said something.
1: Oh, okay, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I can hook you up, maybe I can hook you up, I got it, I got it, all right, I got the Ooh. goods, all right, Disney want, doesn't want you to see it, but I got the goods, I got it. Oh, I, I, I like getting stuff I'm not supposed to get, yeah, and then, uh,
0: as for us at question, possible answer, like I mentioned at the top, Facebook, Instagram, uh, question, possible answer. Uh, anchor.fm slash question dash possible dash answer, and send us your input on movies you would like us to cover, thoughts on movies we've covered in the past. If you don't agree with something, let us know. All mail is accepted, even the hate mail that we have gotten. It just means we're getting (laughs) to you, and if you're a listener, you're a listener. So, we're still winning. Um... Also, one last little thing here. Uh, Check out delayed replays uh, podcast episode this week. If you're not already following his podcast, it's a great little podcast. I really don't want to spoil it. I've plugged them a few times in the past, but, uh, make sure to check out his podcast, uh, especially at the time of release this week's episode, which should be out in a few days at time of release. Uh, he invited me on and we got to discuss, the live-action Star Wars Holiday Special 2. And if you're wondering what, when, whatever Holiday Special 2 is, um, his podcast is... You know I'm not even going to spoil it for you. Just check out Delayed Replay, check out the new episode, and it will all be explained there. Uh, Check that one out that's gonna about wrap it up for us here uh ben thanks again for joining me oh it was a pleasure and i'd love to do it again sometime
1: this was a blast
0: uh, we will definitely figure out a good time to bring you back on for another discussion maybe one that's not star wars this time give you a break of talking yeah. about that star wars information and and for tog who can't be with us i'm peanut have a good night everybody